It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian Talk Radio. With Greg Davis. Priority Talk. We are live on this Tuesday night. Welcome to Priority Talk Radio with Greg Davis. Now, Greg is out for tonight. He'll be back soon, I believe, on Thursday. And so I'm your host, Nate Williams. We have Andrew and Stuart in the studio. How are we doing tonight, gentlemen? Doing good. Man, that is good to hear. That is good to hear. And it's been in the 60s, give or take, and uh, the weather can't make up its mind. But I think that's pretty usual for this time of the year. Sometimes it's freezing. Sometimes it's kind of like, oh, is, is it spring turning the corner? That can't be. But then it'll go back to being cold, and uh, we'll, we'll get that little uh, uh, whoop-de-doo circle weather, you know, cold, hot, cold, hot. And that's just pretty normal. But anyways, I enjoyed the sunshine the last couple days. And I came across an article on 1819 News about the top 10 concerts coming to Alabama this spring. And I don't know about you. I like concerts. Uh, now, they can be expensive, and I really don't want to go somewhere for like an average concert. So if I'm, I'm going to go, I'm, I want it to be a great concert. I know seating has part part of that. You know, if you have good seating, then that helps the concert experience to be better. But I, you know, I'm, I'm going to read some of the people coming in this spring. Uh, we have Stevie Nicks, of uh, former lead singer of Fleetwood Mac. Uh, let's see. That'll be April 5th at the BJCC. We have uh, Kenny Chesney and Kelsey Ballerini, I believe is how the last name is. But in the article, it says Ballerini. And then in another spot in the article, it says, <laughs> I'm such a child. I'm such a child. Uh, Andrew and Stewart are just looking at me in disappointment. It says Ballerini. And then when I read that, I just laughed because I don't know why. I'm five years old. But anyways, Kelsey Ballerini, they'll be at the BJCC on April 12th. Uh, just um, the article uh, had a couple typos there. And so and it goes on. There are some others. Hank Williams Jr., uh, Robert Plant. Let's see what we got. Um, yeah, I already said Hank Williams Jr., Billy Strings, and, and some others. And so I was going to ask y'all, Andrew Stewart, uh, are y'all concert people? Do you like going? Not really? I am not. Not particularly. Now, has there been anything in the past that you went to a concert and you're like, man, that, that was a good one. I'm glad I went. I've actually never been to a concert. So oh, whenever, okay. I don't know. I guess whenever I think of a concert, I think of a bunch of people standing around, getting hot, probably smells like there's some drugs in the air you know yeah good old good old fun that i'm not accustomed to but there's probably a lot of concerts that aren't like that yes and so i should probably go to one at some point yeah i you know i'll agree sometimes you get a little uh people have been drinking a little too much maybe some some drugs on the side and uh, particularly now it can be anywhere at any time but particularly depending on the the 
entertainer or band that you go and see. But let's see. I, some in the past that I've gone to, uh, Mercy Me, they were incredible. They were great. Let's see. I went to a Frankie Valley concert. That was, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe 2017. He was still doing his thing and still an incredible singer. Wasn't as mobile at this point in his life, but his voice was just still, you know, beautiful, powerful. Let's see, what else? Uh, I'm trying to think. And there have been some others. I've been to Hillsong. Uh, I've been to the Motion Conference a few times, and you'll get people coming in, uh, Lecrae, uh, Crowder, and some others. So so I've been to to uh, a few good concerts, I'd say. Now, what about y'all? Is there anyone that you would love to see? Now, Stuart, I, you're not a big concert goer, but Andrew Stewart, is there anyone that you're like, man, if they were around and my schedule lined up and everything just fit perfectly and it wasn't too crazy expensive is there anyone you'd want to see uh the only person who comes to mind for me is whenever daft punk gets around to doing their reunion tour i'm going uh, reunion tour okay those are those are fun what, what about you Stuart? anything come to mind or nah you're just not a concert person uh you mentioned mercy me i listen to a lot of mercy me music so i'd probably want to go to one of theirs i would encourage you to do that because you know just with these bands you never know how long they'll be touring mercy me's been doing it a while i think casting crowns are they they might be done or done soon maybe i heard wrong but i I think there's a famous christian band that recently decided to hang it up or said this was their last tour i can't remember which one i'm not sure Mm -hmm. and so maybe it was casting crowns but yeah go see your band if you can and then I know uh, concerts are so expensive. And then, like I said, seating matters. If you're oh, out in the nosebleeds, so you can still have a good time. But that's different than if you're right by the stage. And that'll affect your experience. But anyways, I thought that was just kind of a fun topic to talk about. You know, concerts and it's springtime. And uh, I hope hope you're able to go out and particularly with Christian bands, you know, worship our Lord and Savior, to see the most talented musicians and singers that uh, are are out there and they're using their gifts to glorify God, I think that's beautiful. Um, I was giving, I I had a Bible study on Monday afternoon at Wallace State Community College. We have a uh, Ratio Christi Bible study where we talk about apologetics and evangelism. And I talked about how beauty points to God. God is beautiful, and he makes aspects of this world beautiful, and it's through art, through music, through just visualizing things and seeing things, we are drawn closer to God through art because God is beautiful, and he's that which all things are drawn to, and I think that's important. That's why it's it's good. We want Christian artists, we want Christian musicians and entertainers to produce beautiful art that help us to worship God more clearly. We want talented Christian uh, producers of art because I think that glorifies God. But anyways, friends, uh, moving on from the topic of concerts and music, uh, y'all can call in. I want to hear your thoughts. 205-941-1011. 
were there any good concerts, you know, any bands, singers that y'all went to and it, they just blew you away and you're like, wow, that was a great experience. Worth the money. I want to hear your thoughts. I love a good story. 205-941-1011. And then I was seeing another news story. And this one's a little bit sad, but I, I, I'll make a point out of it when we when we talk about it. The Smithsonian Museum kicked out Catholic students for wearing pro-life hats and admits wrongdoing. And so this story is relatively simple. There was a group of Catholic students and their chaperones. They, they visited the Smithsonian Institution in Washington, D.C., and they were wearing pro-life beanies. They, they, they were uh, in the National Air and Space Museum. I went to, I've been to the museum a few times, and I've enjoyed it. Uh, they were wearing pro-life beanies, and they were asked to leave. Uh, and then according to, uh, what is his name, Jordan Succolow, He's the ACLJ executive director. This is what he said. The museum staff mocked the students, called them expletives, and made comments that the museum was a neutral zone where they could not express such statements. The employee who ultimately forced the students to leave the museum was rubbing his hands together in glee as they exited the building. We here at the ACLJ are absolutely appalled at this blatant discrimination and won't let this behavior stand. And so, for their part, the museum apologized. And uh, the museum said this, a security officer mistakenly told young visitors that their pro-life hats were not permitted in the museum. Asking visitors to remove hats and clothing is not in keeping with our policy or protocols. We provided immediate retraining to prevent reoccurrence of this kind of error. And so there's some legal action there going on. And all that is to say is just get ready. That's going to be commonplace if it's not all if it's not already commonplace where you do simple Christian things, you have basic Christian messages that we've believed for thousands of years. The pro-life position is nothing new in Christianity and that you're just going to increasingly encounter a hostile culture. Now, I don't, I wouldn't say we should whine about it. Let's not do that. Don't whine about it. Don't complain about it. Go about your life. Do your thing, love your neighbor, and and you want to affect change through the way you vote and the offices you run for and all those things that we talk about all the time on this show. But So don't let it like discourage you. We're still called to love God and love our neighbor. That doesn't change in favorable situations. That doesn't change in unfavorable situations. But just be ready. Be bold. Be strong. Don't be belligerent. Don't be ugly. Don't name call. You know, we want to represent Christ well, but just be ready for it. And I think towards the uh, second half of this show, remember this show is on Mondays through Fridays from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. On the second half of this show, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Grammys and uh, the satanic performance and my thoughts on that. Maybe I might surprise you uh, when I when I share those things, but that'll be towards the end of the show. We'll also talk about Madonna as well. But this is going to be a little bit of the new normal. You go to secular institutions and remember, we were duped. Uh, we're partly to blame. I'm not going to lie. But we were duped by the promise of secularism. Oh, it's going to be a neutral meeting place in the public square where everyone's going to be allowed. And it's all going to be uh, hunky-dory, as some people use that phrase. That's probably the first time I've ever said hunky-dory. But it's all going to be good. It's all going to be chill. 
we're all going to share the public space. That's the promise of secularism, where you just, uh, you know, no, we won't emphasize one religion over another. It'll be good conversation. No, secularism, as I say, was a Trojan horse to emphasize and implement naturalism, agnosticism, atheism, with the guise that it was neutral. And we bought it hook, line, and sinker, and so we kind of shot ourselves in the foot, and that's our fault, to be honest. But now we have to regain that ground, but uh, it's an uphill battle versus there was a time when Christianity and the church had much more cultural influence, whereas now it doesn't as much. And so you're going to encounter a lot of these situations. Friends, we're going to keep talking about the news when we come back from break. This is WXJC Radio Priority Talk. We'll be right back. Priority Talk. Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest-running advertiser, and that's today's family dentistry your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Key Tan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment, 256-739-3337. That's Today's Family Dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment, 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry in downtown Coleman. Hey, it's Jed Gillies from Hillsong United. Thanks for listening to Priority Talk. In the last segment, I talked a little bit about music, so I just figured, you know what, I'll let, it, let the music play out just a little bit. But this is Priority Talk Radio with Greg Davis. Now, Greg is out for tonight. I'm your host, Nate Williams. We have Andrew and Stuart in the studio making sure everything sounds good. We're on Mondays through Fridays, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And so continuing with the news, uh, let's see, 1819 News, why is government... Uh, government, wow. <laughs> Governor K. Ivey silent on Department of Corrections chaos. This is by Will Blakely. Governor K. Ivey has yet to address the chaos in the Alabama Department of Corrections. Last week, the ADOC released more than 100 violent inmates after a 2021 law took effect. And then the article talks a little bit about that. And then it says, however, uh, trouble isn't anything new for the Alabama prison system. Alabama has some of the deadliest prisons in the country. According to U.S. Department of Justice figures, Alabama is in the top five among states, both for homicides per 100,000 inmates and deaths uh, for 100,000 inmates. As of November, the total estimated prison deaths sits at 222. 
222, the highest rate in decades. Several prison officials were charged with bringing in contraband and accepting bribes in 2022. Other ADOC employees were charged with assaulting inmates, including one officer who was accused of beating an inmate on the roof of a prison chapel. And a warden at Limestone Correctional Facility was accused last April of not protecting an inmate who was eventually attacked inside a cell and refused to communicate with the family of another inmate who was experiencing fatal health issues. Uh, Commissioner John Hamm indicated in August that the ADOC was struggling to hire security officers, drug treatment counselors, stewards, and administrative staff. Drugs are also an issue in Alabama prisons. According to a 2019 DOJ report, the ADOC demonstrated an inability to control the flow of contraband into and within the prisons. The ADOC does not report overdoses and even canceled monthly reports on inmate deaths last, late last year. In 2020, the DOJ filed a lawsuit against the state of Alabama concerning poor prison sanitation, violence between inmates and excessive force from staff, and sexual assault. Why am I reading these things? Why? Why? It's gloom and doom. We don't like talking about gloom and doom. I get that. However, friends, as Christians, this is priority talk. We talk about the things that should be a priority. As Christians, we should care about injustice. So I, there's this tendency, and I understand it more on the conservative side. That's like, hey, prisoners, if they're in there, like, in terms of justice, they did something wrong. So if not, they're not treated the best. Sometimes there's a shrug. There's a eh, whatever. You know, you don't want to be in prison. Don't do the crime. I understand that to some degree. However, that's very unloving. And the reason why I'm going to be harsh against those who take that kind of position, like ah, eh, they're prisoners. Who cares about them? Is because that's been my heart sometimes as well. And that's ugly. That's cold. And that's not showing the love of Christ. Jesus cares deeply about those who are the least of these. And I get it. Prisoners, if they're in there for the right reason versus something, you know, being in there uh, after a false conviction, whatever. If they're in there for the right reason, they, they did something wrong. Yes, I get that. But how are we going to show the love of Christ if we don't take care of the people in our care? And so as churches, we should be appalled by these things. We should demand that our prisoners are taken care of. Now, notice when I'm, when I'm saying this. Hear, hear me. I'm not saying some bougie, you know, five-star, all the food has to be from the finest restaurants in America, and all the amenities, the houses, the, not houses, but the, the prison buildings need to be five-star hotels with chocolates and jacuzzis. And don't, I'm not saying that, friends. But the basic needs should be met. People should have food. They should stay in a clean facility. I'm not saying a super nice facility, y'all. Clean, basic facility. They should be, if they're experiencing health issues, they should be reasonably taken care of. Again, I'm not saying you have to have the finest doctors in the prison system, but you should have competent, available doctors. Look, y'all, we will be known for how we treated the least of these. We will be known for how we treated those in hospitals nursing homes, prisons, the homeless, the outcast, the rejected. 
we need to love them and love them well. Now, that doesn't mean justify or excuse what they did. No. And again, I'm not saying they deserve like red carpet to be rolled out and all the other things. You know, they need the latest iPhone. In pre- I, no. But their basic needs should be met. And so churches, what are we going to do about this? Does that upset you as much as it should? Because as Christians, like I get what we stand for, evangelicals. We want, you know, good marriage, good marriages, strong families. We want people to be free from addictions and vices like alcohol and drugs and gambling. And yes, I'm all for those things. But also, Jesus Christ gave you and me a second opportunity when we didn't deserve it. The gospel is why we should treat inmates well, because while we deserve the wrath of God, he showed mercy on us. We are to show mercy and love and grace to those around us, even when they've done things that are wrong. Now, that doesn't mean go the woke and the leftist route of if people commit crimes, just let them go, overlook it, let them out. Like there should be justice. There should be punishment. And we can have that conversation between um, rehabilitation versus Versus, uh, you know, just, hey, they need to pay the time and they need to uh, they need to uh, be removed from society and all those kind of prison reform conversations. Like, I'm all for that. We can have those conversations. But bottom line, the gospel means you and I were given a treatment we didn't deserve. So we need to treat those at the bottom of society. And I think prisoners would be at the bottom. And now they put themselves there to be sure. I'm not justifying that. But. They should be treated well because God treated us better than we deserve. What are your thoughts? 205-941-1011. Now, you can also text us. So that's the phone line. You can also text us at 202-249-5592. Text the letters PTR. That'll get you on the, on the, the, the text line. And then from there, you can make comments, ask questions. That's 202-249-5592. On the other side of the break coming up, we will be talking about more news. Make sure to check out our podcast, Priority Talk, on Apple, Spotify. We have a lot of interesting guests, uh, particularly recently. We've always had interesting guests, but recently we've had some good ones. This is WXJC Radio, Priority Talk. I'm your host, Nate Williams. Don't go anywhere. Hey, this is Greg, and ever since the first time I visited Israel in 1999, I've encouraged others to also experience the land of the Bible for themselves. I'm wondering if you've ever dreamed of visiting the Holy Land and walking where Jesus walked. If so, why don't you pray about touring Israel with me in the summer of 2023? We will experience a 10-day pilgrimage that will include visiting biblical sites around the Sea of Galilee and actually taking an inspirational boat ride on the same waters that Jesus walked upon. We will also visit the holy sites in the city of Jerusalem, including Golgotha and the Garden Tomb. You'll also experience the Dead Sea and many significant Old Testament sites. The Bible will come alive to you like never before. Are you interested at all? Email me, greg at PriorityTalkRadio.com, and I'll share with you much more information about this trip of a lifetime. Email me, greg at PriorityTalkRadio.com, for more information on traveling with me to the Holy Land in summer of 2023. Hey, Priority Talk listeners. 
Care to make a quick comment or ask a question for Greg on the air? Send the code PTR to the number 202-249-5592 to join the show's text line where you can communicate with Greg during the show. That's 202-249-5592 and send the letters PTR. Thanks for listening. And now back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like... We are live on this Tuesday night. I want to hear your thoughts. 205-941-1011. This is Priority Talk Radio with Greg Davis. Now, Greg is out for tonight. I'm your host, Nate Williams. We have Andrew in the studio. I think uh, Stuart may have dipped for now, but he might be back. But anyways, we will continue on. The Christian Post reports that Memphis police officer praised for talking suicidal teenage father off bridge now i i include this story i talk about it for a reason because we need to be fair and i think particularly with the city of memphis y'all know what happened recently just the brutal brutal act between i think it was five police officers um and uh, just what happened there and that was a recent story highlighting the brutality that sometimes happens with police and that's terrible and uh, we want that to obviously not happen because we have hearts of compassion and then you have a good story that there's a police officer praised for talking a suicidal teenage father off bridge and if we care about the truth we're going to be impartial the good things will be praised and the bad things will be criticized and so we want to be careful to do that but this was a heartwarming story that i wanted to share with y'all a memphis police officer is now receiving high praise from the public for convincing a suicidal teenage father not to end his life on the i-40 mississippi river bridge last thursday uh, Officer Shaw made it to the scene. Uh, I, I guess there was a call about a suicidal person on the edge of the bridge. It was a distraught 17-year-old male. So Officer Shaw made it to the scene moments later and began building a rapport with the individual as he stood on the outside ledge of the bridge contemplating suicide. While the officers were talking to him, they found out that this individual was only 17 years old. So... As a young, young guy, he explained how he is a new father and how life is stressful. Being a mother, Officer Shaw talked to him and understood his stress. She spoke to him for nearly 15 minutes and convinced him to hold on to her while she helped him to safety, the MPD statement added. Among the advice Officer Shaw gave the teenage father was things will get better. The rescue of the teenage father happened a day before Memphis Mayor Jim Strickland announced that the Department of Justice will review the police department in the wake of the death of 29-year-old Tyre Nichols, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Nichols, who is black, died days after he was severely beaten by five black Memphis Police Department officers during a January 7th traffic stop. And so that highlights humanity. Right. Going to have some ugly things. Then you're going to have some beautiful things. And as Christians, y'all, we don't want to be a homer for either side. The left wants to always highlight highlight police brutality in whether it exists or not. It's just going to be an emphasis. The right tends to only emphasize the good things that police officers do. But it's a complex and nuanced issue. And there's going to be both. So 
as priority talk listeners, you know what we should do? We need to be fair and be balanced. The good things should be praised and the bad things should be criticized. I have a couple verses for us. Isaiah 10 verses 1 through 3. Woe to those who enact evil statutes and to those who constantly record unjust decisions so as to deprive the needy of justice and rob the poor of my people of their rights so that widows may be their spoil and that they may plunder the orphans. And so God is against injustice. God is the God of justice it's uh, why we have the gospel that that there is hope for us that we deserve the wrath and the punishment of god but god has given us jesus and so we want to be peoples of justice as well and what that means is officer shaw well done well done officer shaw it's situations like that that make me so proud to be a retired mpd officer in life, you have your good and bad and everything, but I choose to believe that there are more good people than bad. This is uh, someone responding to the story. Officer Shaw, may you continue to shine. And to my MPD co-workers, keep your heads up and be honorable and be fair. But anyways, and so, so that's why we want to make sure to praise those who do well, but uh, also criticize those who do poorly. And all for the glory of God, because God cares about these things we should as well and as uh, evangelicals or if you are evangelical ish kind of like around there these things should matter to us uh, in in my opinion and uh, so that's one story another story i came across was uh, bill gates uh, you probably have thoughts on him but he's a big climate crusader and in a recent interview I think he had with the BBC, uh, one, one of the knocks that you get with these kind of people, the climate change people, those who have kind of turned into a re religion with religious apocalyptic imagery, it's like, oh, the world's going to end unless you listen to my policies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, what you get with those people is hypocrisy. The Leonardo DiCaprio's, uh, I'm going to have three mansions and I'm going to, you know, it's it's like, a, you know, a politically, what is it like? It's like Bernie Sanders complaining about capitalism while he is rich and has several houses I think you know just those kind of things like oh are you really for the little guy or, or do you really care about the environment probably not but anyways Bill Gates you know was recently roasted for his use of private jets and and he says well yeah sure sure I have a carbon footprint but I also do a lot of good and I travel for the good of humanity and that's just a common theme with these people it's the do as I say, not as I do. It's the you poor people, you the everyday person, you have to change. You have to give up your energy sources. You have to give up your way of life. But I'm part of the elite class and I don't have to change because I'm part, I'm trying to make things better. So my lifestyle's excusable. Uh, I think in this article I got from the Daily Wire on it. Uh, Gates flew more than 213,000 miles on 59 private jet flights in 2017, according to a study. The flight cr activity created some 1,760 tons of carbon dioxide emissions, which is nearly 109 times higher than the emissions per capita in the United States. As of 2021, Gates had four private jets. Four. Andrew, I have a question. Um... What would you do with four private jets? I'd be happy with just one, y'all. So if you want to start a GoFundMe, I'm not going to fight you. I'd be happy with just one. Andrew, what would you do with four private jets? 
you can fly one private jet to your other private jet. <laughs> yes. You need the private jets all around the world. And, and what you do is you then take the private jet you currently have. You're right. You fly it to the next one. And then you leave that one there. Then you hop on the next one. And then you fly it to your other private jet. And then you just, wherever you go, there's a private jet. Oh, gosh. Two Gulfstream G650ERs. I apologize for my plane people out there, my jet people. And you know these models and how to say them. But anyways, that co each cost about $70 million And two Bombardier... Bombardier... Bardier, bomb. Anyways, Challenger 350s that each cost $27 million. I'm just showing how poor I am. I can't even pronounce some of these things. According to an article from Sky Lux Aviation, the combined value of these of the vehicles is $194 million. And that's what you get with your ridiculous movie villain-esque WEF kind of Klaus Schwab. Schwab? Am I pronouncing it correctly? But those people that'll gather at those World Economic Forums and they'll talk about how everything needs to change and they all got there by private jet. Ain't one of them. There's not a single one of them that lives a green life. But they then demand that the average person, because you are, in their opinion, poor and dumb, that you change everything about yourself. They want to get rid of cars, but I guess I bet they'll have a car. Uh, they want to get rid of maybe commercial flights now y'all some of that again i might get some angry phone calls in a moment look commercial flights let's just say we did find a way of traveling that didn't use up as much gas sure i'm, I'm not against technology right you used to have steam engines and uh, you, you have various different ways of getting around now you have planes and trains and cars and bikes and uh, some of those are better for the environment than others like sure i'll grant that it's appropriate wait if there's a replacement for some of the things that we do i'm not gonna fight you i'm open to talking about it but just to see the hypocrisy from the people at the top of this religious green environmentalist apocalyptic movement i just roll my eyes because it makes me not want to do any of it as christians we should care about the environment christians should be green people like hear me genesis 1 and 2 we are to take care of nature that is biblical that is biblical i will win that argument all day long if anyone i don't think anyone would want to argue with me but we are to like take care of the environment so let's look at different ways of getting around and whatever but sometimes it just gets ridiculous, particularly when the people at the, do uh, at the top orchestrating the whole thing, they don't even follow what they preach. Those actors and actresses that look all pretty in front of a screen, and then they go accept their awards, and then they go lecture the average person to change their ways. I just roll my eyes because you're not living it. And so I hold them to the same standard that they would hold a preacher. Oh, you Christian pastors are preaching this and preaching that. But then you turn around and you have affairs and uh, you, uh, there, there are various uh, abuse scandals that break out. And how can you Christian pastors say one thing and do another? Fair enough. Fair enough. When, when the woke point that out, okay. Like, I grant it, it's full weight. There is hypocrisy. But then 
we'll also just do the same thing with these religious environmental people. I think that's fair. Hold each other accountable. Those are my thoughts. What are your thoughts? Call in 205-941-1011. This is WXJC Radio Priority Talk. We are on FM 101.1. And AM 850, we are across a lot of Alabama. We reach into Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi, and I think we have pretty strong airwaves, a pretty strong signal, I think. But anyways, friends, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Priority Talk. This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing, 205-369-9630. Often marketing agencies make high promises with low delivery. Business owners have been burned by these types of companies time and time again. Dot Edison Marketing is built on integrity. They retain customers four times the industry average. Move past multiple vendors. Lost time, lost money. Contact Dot Edison Marketing and find your marketing partner with integrity at its core. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at DotEdison.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Smalley with Focus on the Family, and you are listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk. song so i let it play out a little bit this is wxjc radio priority talk with greg davis now greg is out for tonight he'll be back soon so i am on the air let's see what story do i want to cover i'm nate williams we have andrew in the studio and the story i'm going to cover next has to do with uh, dion sanders now if you know dion primetime sanders you'll know he is flashy whatever he does it's going to be uh, just all the way. It's just his personality. But recently, he's coming under fire from the Freedom From Religion Foundation, an atheist advocacy group. It, it, 
they are accusing NFL legend turned coach. I think he's at Colorado. Okay, hold on, Colorado. Andrew, I have a question. Do you say Colorado or Colorado? Uh, Colorado. Colorado. Okay, because I say Colorado, and people here make fun of me. Y'all, I get it. I sound a little funny. I know, but Colorado. Okay. Uh. uh okay. Here's another one. Nevada. 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 Okay, you're consistent. I go. Um. And there's another one. I say. I think it's roof. Uh. I think I. I'll say from time to time. Rough. Or rough roof rough but like i'll just say it kind of funny and uh, people will look at me but anyways i'll just be me but according to what ha- there was an open letter to university of colorado uh, uh let's see about sanders who coaches there following alleged complaints from colorado residents over the incorporation of faith and football probably like five people but whatever according to cbn news the group noted that sanders has been engaging in religious exercises with players and staff members it is our understanding that on December 20th, uh, 2022, a staff member led other staff members in a Christian prayer to start an official meeting, the letter reads. More egregiously, on January 16th, 2023, Coach Sanders killed somebody! No, Coach Sanders directed a staff member to lead players and coaches in Christian prayer before a team meeting. According to the transcript, Sanders said, now, y'all, these are some dark things. Be careful. Shield your children. This is what he said. This is what Dion Sanders said. Lord, we thank you for this day, Father, for this opportunity as a group. Father, we thank you for the movement that God has put us in place to be in charge of. We thank you for each player here, each coach, each family. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. The FFRF concluded the letter by telling the university to take action to protect students and let Sanders know he has been hired as a football coach and not a pastor. La, 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 blah, blah, blah. Anyway, Sanders, uh, my advice that you will probably never hear, uh, particularly because you are on the other side of the country. Keep on doing your thing. Deion Sanders, who is an out, who is outspoken about his Christian faith, praised God during an introductory press conference on December 4th after being named the university's head coach. Wow. Don't you ever tell me what God ain't. Don't you ever tell me his limits, Sanders declared. Don't you ever tell me what you're up against and what you can't do. Out of all the persons in the world, God chose me, he added. For that, I thank him. For that, I love him. For that, I magnify him. For that, I glorify him. For that, I praise him. For that, I owe him. Each and every day, I'm trying to please him. Y'all, that's preaching. I love it. And I get it. Okay, I get the legal situation there. And so this is where Sanders, if it ever comes to legal action, he'll hire some lawyer, some group that'll represent him, and hopefully he wins whatever battle. But that's what we want. Y'all, let's be loud, proud, but gracious. Note what I'm saying there. When I say loud, I don't mean obnoxious. I mean bold. Be gracious. Stand for truth. Be bold stand firm and i get that sometimes my advice is cheap sometimes people ask me well what about pronoun use in school what should we do people ask me what if it's like my job and i gotta pay bills for my family it's either that or uh, just go against the teachings of jesus and i know my advice is cheap it's so easy for me to say these things on the radio show because I'm on a Christian radio show and I can say all these things and nothing's going to happen to me as far as I know. I get that it's cheap. 
But my advice is to stand strong. You will never regret standing strong for Jesus. You won't. You won't do it. You'll look back and you'll be proud. Now, you are to do it in a way that's nuanced, that's appropriate. You know, you have to, there are different issues and uh, handle them appropriately. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But being bold for your faith, you'll never be ashamed of that. And one day we're going to stand before God. And what I always tell people, this all will be worth it when you hear those words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. So whatever is appropriate, Deion Sanders, keep on preaching. Keep on preaching because those young men need to hear it. They need to hear it. If they ain't going to hear it but from you, they may never hear it. Y'all, and that's what I'll say to y'all too. If you don't preach the gospel, those around you might never hear it. So go let people know. Another story from the Christian Post uh, says, uh, open letter to President Biden. Stop the second Armenian uh, gen- genocide. And this is a situation that I don't know a lot about. Uh, this It's in the news, from t- like a little bit in the news. But apparently, uh, there, uh, around 100 years ago, give or take, there's a genocide committed in 1915 by Ottoman Turkey. Around, around 1.5 million Armenians perished in the genocide. 108 years later, there's another one. And the victims are the indigenous Christians of the landlocked Republic of... Uh, I'm just going to say what is also known as Artsakh in the South Caucasus. Again, going to pronounce mispronounce some of these, and I'm sorry for that. But the perpetrator is the government of Azerbaijan, I think is how you say it, Azerbaijan. And since December 12th, 120,000 Armenians living in Artsakh have been held hostage by the Azeri government within the borders of the ancestral land. And so there's a road leading into the country, and this road has been blocked off by Azerbaijan's uh, orchestration, their administration, and, and their goal is genocide, to eliminate the Armenian people. And so, again, this is on another part of the country, and I get we're in Alabama, it's the U.S., and you can't be concerned about all things at all places. I know. I know. You and I, as... Alabamians, or if you're in Tennessee, Georgia, Mississippi, you and I might not be able to do much, but we can pray. We can pray that God spares these 120,000 people as they're trying to be squeezed. They're, they're, they don't have a lot of resources. There's kind of like this blockade. They're cold, hungry, isolated. Uh, the energy's depleted. Um, and it's, it's on purpose. Uh, this blockade is on purpose. And so if you have connections in the government, see what you can do. If you can, share this on social media. A lot of people don't know. But... Uh, yeah, there's uh, Armenian Christians are a part of a genocide on another part of the world. And I don't often do these stories because I know there's Christian persecution everywhere. But I was pr- as I was praying about what to talk about tonight, this story just kind of grabbed me. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk about it, y'all. Uh, we want to support our Christian brothers and sisters, no matter where they are. Uh, even if we can't do a lot of things physically, right? We're just 
normal people, and I, and I get that. We can pray and we can cry out to God to save them. Uh, what are your thoughts, friends? 205-941-1011. We've covered a lot of good news stories, a lot of stuff happening. And I think it's important to, with our Christian values, have, have that Christian biblical worldview, that lens, that as you view the news, it is filtered through the truth of Christ, the gospel, the Bible, Christian values. Uh, it's what we need to have. Uh, make sure to check us out online at PriorityTalkRadio.com. Uh, listen to our podcast, Priority Talk. It's on Apple, Spotify, and other places. This is Priority Talk Radio. We're on Mondays through Fridays, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Don't go anywhere. We have another hour for you. Hey, this is Greg, and ever since the first time I visited Israel in 1999, I've encouraged others to also experience the land of the Bible for themselves. I'm wondering if you've ever dreamed of visiting the Holy Land and walking where Jesus walked. If so, why don't you pray about touring Israel with me in the summer of 2023? We will experience a 10-day pilgrimage that will include visiting biblical sites around the Sea of Galilee and actually taking an inspirational boat ride on the same waters that Jesus walked upon. We will also visit the holy sites in the city of Jerusalem, including Golgotha and the Garden Tomb. You'll also experience the Dead Sea and many significant Old Testament sites. The Bible will come alive to you like never before. Are you interested at all? Email me, greg at PriorityTalkRadio.com, and I'll share with you much more information about this trip of a lifetime. Email me, greg at PriorityTalkRadio.com, for more information on traveling with me to the Holy Land in summer of 2023. It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian Talk Radio with Greg Davis. Priority Talk. This is the second hour of Priority Talk Radio. Remember, we were on Mondays through Fridays, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. In the first hour, we talked about a lot of news. And the stories were, in my opinion, pretty interesting. If you missed out on that, make sure to check out our podcast, Priority Talk. We talked about a police officer saving a suicidal teenage father we talked about upcoming spring concerts in alabama maybe some of those names interested you and lots of other things and so in this second hour we're going to talk about kind of hone our focus a little bit on ministry and culture talking about church uh, spiritual things like we do throughout both hours but it'll be more of a focus and then we'll also talk about uh Grammys a little bit. Maybe you've heard about that. Maybe you did. Maybe you're, you're like most of us. If you listen to the show, you probably don't care a whole lot about it. And so I think I'll talk about that in a little bit. And uh, 
now we have a story about the IMB celebrating the sending of 46 full-time missionaries to solve world's greatest problem. Now, what I love about the Baptist denomination is that they are very, very missionary-oriented. And I love the zeal, the passion for evangelism. And I think that's something that all other denominations, they could learn from the Baptist denomination. The Southern Baptist Convention's International Mission Board, IMB, recently approved sending 46 full-time missionaries. And there has been an increase in giving, apparently, for this purpose. And I just want to celebrate that. Y'all, we want to celebrate our missionaries. We want to celebrate our church planners. And uh, depending on your thoughts on this, I had a missions professor who would disagree with me here. I think all of us are missionaries to one degree or another. But when I say missionaries, kind of in the general sense, uh, yes, we're all missionaries that way. But specifically vocational missionaries, like that is their, uh, they have left their home, their, their, where they grew up, whatever it might be, but they've left whatever home context they have, and they are being sent to wherever else to spread the gospel. That is worth celebrating. We want to uh, use them not as an example of holiness, like, oh my goodness, missionaries are just so much better than everyone else. But we want to lift them up as examples of faithfulness to encourage you and me to be evangelistic where we are. We want to support our missionaries. We want to, uh, I guess, let people know of the good work they do. Y'all, we have lots of Christian missionaries everywhere. In fact, in this country, it's a little sad. But also, there's a lot of joy. I'm happy for it. Uh, we're getting lots of missionaries from other places. People look at the U.S. and they're like, wow, y'all need some missionaries. Friends, we do. We do. We want to be sending missionaries and we want to be receiving missionaries because God's gospel is global. Do you like that alliteration? The gospel is global. God's God. Anyways, I like that. So I have a passage from Romans that I'm going to read. It's famous. You may have heard it before. That's okay. You can hear it again. Romans 10 verse 14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I love that. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. That goes back to Isaiah a little bit, I think, 52. And so I think that's a great passage for missions. Y'all, how are people going to hear the gospel if we don't talk about it? Sometimes as Christians, we have this osmosis view of evangelism almost. And I get it. Part of it's true. It does happen. That I guess just if we're kind of Christian-ish, Christian living-ish, and we hang around non-believers that eventually by osmosis, by... I don't know, maybe it's like COVID and it'll just spread through surfaces in the air or whatever, um, like some disease. People will get the gospel just by us being around them to some degree. The transmission rates will vary. 
And yes, that does happen, sure. But what's a lot better than that is to verbally tell people about the gospel. What I always say is ask people to pray for them. Like, hey, can I pray for you? A cashier, a waiter, a waitress, um, a clerk, a police officer. No, I'm just listing off occupations. Y'all, do you have any evangelism stories? What have you done with evangelism that you found to be successful? Uh, what tactics, strategies, what words do you say? Uh, my entryway oftentimes is prayer. Can I pray for you? What do you do? Because a lot of times churches, we don't really train people in evangelism. And that's a shame. We kind of just like, hey, here's the gospel-ish. Go do something with it. And so I think churches, we could do better with explicit training. And there are different ways of going about that. Like I said, I ask a question, can I pray for you? You'll have different, um, I'll hear stories and methods from various Christian campus ministries. They'll use things like pictures or surveys. I can imagine a survey being good. Uh, asking people like, hey, can I ask you a few questions about religion? And then at the end of that, uh, just talk about the gospel if you can. Uh, they're just different ways of going about it. Uh, 205-941-1011, when you have shared the gospel, what have you found to be effective? And I found that people are generally open. They're curious. Studies show that people are curious. And I think that curiosity will only increase when, as the culture gets darker. When the culture gets darker, people are going to want alternatives, being like, okay, drugs, alcohol, gambling, vices, addictions, uh, suicide, anxiety, depression. Well, that's not the most attractive of things. Is there an alternative? Is there hope, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, etc.? Like, I want those things. And then if they see Christians living a certain way, they're like, oh, well, that's attractive. I kind of want to be that way. What, what do you all have that I don't have? And uh, like I said, we want to live Christian lives. And for some of us, we stop there. Okay, I'll work hard at work. That's great. I'll be kind. Wonderful. And then you hope by kind of doing those things that people will just ask you a question like, hey, what must I do to be saved? That has happened. With God, all things are possible. However, friends, let us be bold and learn how to verbally share our faith. And it's a little intimidating. I, I get it. It's a little scary for sure. But I think it's worth it. And ultimately, are we scared of people? Well, what's the worst people are going to do to us? Like you talk to your neighbor. What, what's the worst that's going to happen? Your neighbor's going to maybe look at you funny, maybe not talk to you as much. Yeah, that's sad. But in my mind, totally worth it. It's not like Christians in other countries where you share the gospel, you might go to jail. And so I want to hear your thoughts. 205-941-1011. If you share the gospel, what have you found to be effective? We want you to share those methods, those tips, so that the rest of us can be encouraged and motivated and inspired. Y'all, ultimately, like I said, it comes down to your love of Jesus. In my mind, with evangelism, if you love Jesus, you can't help but share him with others.
because he has made such a powerful impact in your life. This is WXJC Radio Priority Talk. Uh, Nate Williams here talking. It's been a wonderful night. We have about 45 more minutes of the show left. It's a two-hour show. Don't go anywhere. Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest-running advertiser, and that's Today's Family Dentistry, your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Keetan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment, 256-739-3337. That's Today's Family Dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment, 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry in downtown Coleman. Hi, I'm Pastor Greg Mott, and I'm the author of I Am Changes Who I Am, and you are listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk. Welcome back to Priority Talk Radio, live on this Tuesday night. And I'm going to talk about an interesting article from the Gospel Coalition, The Mark of a Church Health We Often Omit, from Jared Kennedy. And we'll we'll often talk about, oh, what does it mean to have a healthy Christian walk with God? What does it mean to be part of a healthy church? And people will say different things. You want to read your Bible. You want to pray. Uh, you want to have good Christian fellowship. Uh, if you look at the on the church side of things, you want to have communion and uh, baptism and uh, all that. There's church discipline, not exactly the most popular thing. Uh, different uh, and different aspects of what does it mean to have a healthy church. And in this article, they talk about something that's often overlooked, but I thought it was really interesting. And then going going here, uh, if you ask Martin Luther. He outlines seven marks of the church, like, all right, what does it mean to be the church? The first six are what you'd expect. You know, possession of God's word, uh, baptism, uh, communion, church discipline, qualified leadership, and then worship characterized by prayer and thanksgiving. So those six things are pretty common. But Luther's seven mark, however, se- uh, seventh mark, however, may surprise you. He says that Christian lives must be shaped by the cross. The holy Christian people are externally recognized by the possession of the sacred cross. They must endure every misfortune and persecution, all kinds of trials and evil from the devil, the world, and the flesh in order to become like their head, Christ. And the reason why this grabbed me as I read it is because Western culture, we are running away from suffering. We have, you know, there's a part of us that are like, oh, man, those youngsters, it's just a soft generation. And sure, there's some of that. You need a good work ethic and whatever. But we want to escape suffering at all costs. Any discomfort, anything, it's it's kind of like poison in the water. 
And so we want to avoid suffering and go to great lengths to avoid the fact that, did you know that when you get older, you age? Did you know that you'll have wrinkles? Did you know that your back might hurt? Did you know that life is full of suffering and pain? And and one thing that technology and uh, being a part of a first world nation, at least I think we are, you know, that might change, but being a part of those things and uh, uh, various healthcare options and hospitals and uh, pain relief options we have is we can greatly avoid suffering uh, for the most part in our life. And we think that, okay, this is what you all must always do. But Martin Luther says that the ability to suffer like Christ is a healthy mark of the church. We can't run from suffering. We have to be able to suffer well. You have to be able to suffer well for Christ. That's part of what it means to be a Christian. Now, that doesn't mean glorify suffering. Like, oh, hey, I'm suffering for suffering's sake, and I'm going to make my life difficult because look at me, I'm so holy. I don't mean that. But when suffering comes, people are watching you to see how you handle it. And it is very important that we are able to point people to Christ. If you look at Canada, I've talked about the MAID program before, medical assistance in dying. And now in Canada, hey, if you're going through a tough time or if there's a terminal illness or if you're suffering mental illnesses, it's going to get more and more to the point where you can just kill yourself. You can just, oh, life's tough. Well, here's a way out. Here's a pill. And that's heartbreaking because, again, it reinforces that notion that to be living a good life means that you will never suffer. And we seek to drown out our pain in alcohol. We want get-rich-quick schemes like gambling. We want to get high to avoid the realities of life. And so we go to marijuana and other, and other drugs. And I think that's so important, important that the church teaches the world how to suffer and why to suffer. It's because we look for a hope in the future when all that's going to be gone. And we hold on to that. We know that Jesus is making th all things new through the power of his resurrection. And there's joy there. That suffering has a purpose. It's not meaningless. Because think about it. If you're an atheist and you're suffering, that's like a double whammy. There's no point to any of it. And you're in physical or mental pain. Like, wow, okay, there's no reason to be alive. On top of that, you're in a lot of pain. It's like adding insult to injury. It's like pouring salt on a wound. You're already wounded. And now you got some salt in there. And it's, it's, it really hurts. And so if you're an atheist, yeah, a way out kind of makes sense. It's like, what's the point of all this? But we share the hope of Christ. And we know that not only is there a point to the suffering, there's also an expiration date. We know there's a time when suffering will end. Uh, let's see. Uh what is this? Uh, Luther has more words. For as soon as God's word takes root and grows in you, the devil will harry you and will make a real doctor of you and by his assaults will teach you to seek and love God's word. I myself am, in deep, uh, am deeply indebted to my papists 
that through the devil's raging they have beaten, oppressed, and distressed me so much. That is to say, they have made a fairly good theologian of me, which I would not have been otherwise. So Martin Luther suffered a lot. Now again, I don't want to glorify Martin Luther. He was a human, and I hate how anti-Semitic he was towards the end of his life, so I don't want to make him out to be this perfect hero. You never want to do that. But what he said was the suffering that he endured, and it was quite a bit, that it made a fairly good theologian of him, which he would not have been otherwise. What has suffering done for you? I know for me, I've lived quite a good life, but I've, I've gone through some tough times. I'm not going to act like it's been the worst times and I had the worst childhood and I had the worst adulthood and woe is me. But I've been through some tough times and some dark times, and I want to tell you that I don't think that I would be able to preach and teach the way that I do and to counsel, to guide, to mentor the young adults that I do without those times. And it's to the point where I'm thankful that I suffered in any degree. Again, I'm not going to make myself out to be Paul who was, oh goodness, he was shipwrecked, beaten, flogged, stoned, Oh, man. Imprisoned, shackled, mocked, all that. I have lived no Paul life, to be sure. But goodness, I wouldn't be the person I was today without some level of suffering. And so I, I want to bring that to your attention. A healthy church does not just have the word of God. That's important. Does not just practice uh, communion and baptism. Does not just worship with prayer and thanksgiving all that's good a healthy church will suffer well and point people to the cross will point people back to jesus and uh it's something that we don't often think about in the western world because what is our suffering now in america yes churches were closed like that's legitimate stuff churches were closed they were forced shut in canada it was worse and now people will mock you. You might, you know, if you wear pro-life beanies, I talked about that at the beginning of the show. If you wear pro-life beanies in Washington, D.C. to a certain Smithsonian museum, they might kick you out. And so that's some level of persecution, to be sure. I don't want to minimize that or mock that. However, uh, you know, it's not like the worst thing in the world. But how do we suffer? Fathers out there, you work hard to support your families. I appreciate you. Do you suffer well? Mothers, you work hard out there. You take care of your children. It's a high and holy calling. Do you suffer well? Young adults out there trying to find your way in this world. You're conflicted. There are lots of different values being thrown at you. Do you suffer well? Students, do you stand strong for what you believe? All these things matter. On the other side of the break, we will be talking about the Grammys and this certain satanic celebration that happened. We'll talk a little bit about Madonna and we'll talk how Ecclesiastes has to do with Madonna. And you're like, what? What does that mean? Well, you'll find out on the other side of this break coming up. Y'all make sure to check out our online website, PriorityTalkRadio.com. Uh, check out us. Uh, follow us on social media at Priority Talk. This is WXJC Radio. We'll be right back.
Hey, this is Greg, and ever since the first time I visited Israel in 1999, I've encouraged others to also experience the land of the Bible for themselves. I'm wondering if you've ever dreamed of visiting the Holy Land and walking where Jesus walked. If so, why don't you pray about touring Israel with me in the summer of 2023? We will experience a 10-day pilgrimage that will include visiting biblical sites around the Sea of Galilee and actually taking an inspirational boat ride on the same waters that Jesus walked upon. We will also visit the holy sites in the city of Jerusalem, including Golgotha and the Garden Tomb. You'll also experience the Dead Sea and many significant Old Testament sites. The Bible will come alive to you like never before. Are you interested at all? Email me. Greg at PriorityTalkRadio.com and I'll share with you much more information about this trip of a lifetime. Email me, Greg at PriorityTalkRadio.com for more information on traveling with me to the Holy Land in summer of 2023. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like My life be like Here we are, a little past the 6.30 time, 6.30 hour, and now I'm going to talk about that whole thing that happened recently. And what is that thing that happened recently? Well, that is the Grammys performance. Now, if you are like most people in this country, really, at this point, you probably don't watch the award shows that much because it's just... I had a friend who called it a self-licking ice cream cone. It's just kind of like self-congratulation, self-congratulations, patting yourself on the back. Yay. It's just a group of people celebrating how great they are. That's kind of like how award shows kind of go. But there was something that was very interesting, and I'll tell you why it was interesting. At the Grammys that, let's see, when was it? It was a few days ago, I think. But anyways, at the Grammys, there was a singer named Sam Smith who identifies as, I don't know if it's non-binary at this point, something like that along the ever-expanding acronym. And then there was a transgender person named Kim Petras. They have a song called Unholy, and in this song, it's just, you know, someone up to no good just doing things, doing things that aren't great, hence the name Unholy. And these two are at the Grammys. They put on this performance where they're dancing a certain way with, I guess, strippers and very, uh, uh, there was a hell themed, you know, Satan, demons, red. And, you know, people are like, oh my goodness. Wow, that's so terrible. Oh no, uh, worshiping Satan. And to that, I don't, the design of, the whole thing is to offend, it's to shock, right? It's the whole Madonna virgin routine kind of deal to be profane, to be sacrilegious, to be worshiping of Satan. And at this point, I shrug, not because those things are, are bad things, right? We don't want to worship Satan. Like, okay. But at, at this point, do you expect anything less? Our secular culture glorifies the mass slaughter of babies. Our secular culture glorifies any sort of sexual relationship outside of marriage. And what Satanism symbolizes, now to be clear, like we don't want people to be Satanists, whether 
directly or indirectly. By directly, I mean someone who knows they are worshiping Satan. They exist, but that's kind of few and far between. Or indirectly, someone that just glorifies Satan by the way that they live their life, whether they acknowledge that or not. But that's just where our culture is. When, when I saw some of the video clips, I didn't watch the whole thing. I didn't watch the Grammys. It doesn't offend me anymore. Like, this is to be expected. And it, it's, it's really telling how, how people view Satan. Sometimes people think of Satan as, oh, hedonistic, you know, a life of pleasure. So you worship Satan, you're just trying to be a glutton for pleasure, whether drugs, alcohol, self-destructive tendencies. And yeah, there's a component of that in Satanism, sure. But the reason why people like Satan, our, our secular culture, our performers, our entertainers, actors, actresses, musicians, the reason why they love Satan is what Satan stands for. Yes, there's the pleasure side of it. Do what you want. Sleep with who you want to. Live your life however you want. Yeah, okay. There's that rebellious, uh, all that shtick, rock and roll, kind of don't tell me what to do. I'm my own person. Yeah, there's that. But what Satan did was Satan said no to God. You go back to the Garden of Eden. Go back to Satan getting kicked out of heaven. Satan looked at God's design for the world and God's design for him, and Lucifer said no, said no to God, gave God the middle finger, and it's that, along with all the other stuff like pleasure, sure, drugs, alcohol, sex, as much as you want, whenever you want, whatever. All that stuff's there, yes, but ultimately it was to look at the intentions of God, God himself, his plan, his will, and to say, I don't want any of that. I reject you, I am my own person. And that's where I think that's the appeal of Satanism. Like I said, the people who directly worship Satan are few and far between. They do exist. And I'm not going to downplay that. But also, the, the in general, it's just that Satan character, that figure, is celebrated because that's kind of like the way our culture views uh, people. Like, just do your own thing. Say no to institutions, say no to authority, say no, and, and you can live your life how you want to. But for all the Christians that get bent out of shape, and I get it, right? Children are going to be watching the Grammys. Why? I don't know. But through various social media accounts, you know, children will see clips and uh, your, your TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat influencers will... Uh, spread some of these messages. So I get like why Christians sometimes would get offended. But at this point, y'all, performances like this, again, Sam Smith and Kim Petras perform an unholy performance, uh, mocking Christianity, mocking, you know, God by celebrating and uh, worshiping Satan. At this point, why does that surprise you? Why does that surprise you? Satanism, either again directly or indirectly, is now just secular culture. That has infiltrated uh, the West, really. And we kind of have the, I don't want to say battle lines because then people think of fighting. It is a spiritual battle, not a physical battle. You don't go fight physical people. Don't do that, please. 
but it's a spiritual battle for sure. The, the lines are drawn because the enemy has made himself clear. An enemy that has made himself clear is easier to fight than someone that hangs around in the shadows. So when Satanism was kind of on the fringes, it's like, oh, that's not here in this country. That's not mainstream. Well, that allowed Satan to kind of operate along the edges and through other ways. But now he's out in the open, so we can just talk about it and openly confront it. And so when people get all upset over these Grammys performances and when celebrities do certain things, also recognize that they like to shock. So, of course, they're poking conservatives and they're poking Christians like, oh, hey, I'm worshiping Satan. So there's going to be a component of that. But also, yes, you are. It's out in the open. So let's talk about it. And I think that there, there's a downside to that, which is Satanism is accepted, and that's sad, obviously. But the upside is that it's not hiding anymore. It's there. It's, it's open. And so that means our response can be very open and blunt as well. And uh, let's see, after the show, this is uh, Kim Petra, told reporters backstage the performance was inspired by not being able to choose religion. So again, this is a transgender person. I think a lot of people, honestly, have kind of labeled what I stand for and what Sam stands for as religiously not cool. And I personally grew up wondering about religion and wanting to be a part of it, but slowly realizing it didn't want me to be a part of it, she said. Friends, I, I would tell Kim this. That's not true. Religion does want you, I can't speak for all religions, but Christianity, I do want you to be a Christian. I want you to be in the church. I want you growing and being closer to God. But one of the first things you have to do, Jesus says in the Gospels, is to repent and turn to the kingdom of God. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And that repentance part is the part you stumble over. It's not religion that you stumble over, right? Because Satanism can be its own form of religion. Your, your uh, problem is that God says that there is sin inside of us and we have to change. You don't want to change. You want to do your own thing and live life as you please. And then you're like, oh man, religion doesn't want me. No, religion wants you, but Christianity in particular says, God loves you, God wants you, but as you are part of Christ, as you are a, a Christian and you join the body of Christ, that's what I mean to say, well, that costs you something. You will have to change those, some of those sexual desires that are misaligned. You're going to have to turn those to God. That lifestyle of drugs and alcohol and you're going to have to give that to God. And so there's going to be parts. So I, I like how Kim Petra says, oh, religion didn't want me. No, you didn't want to have to change your lifestyle. That's the problem. You want religion, or in my case, Christianity, to look at you and say, oh, you're perfect just as you are. But we know from Romans that that's not true. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Kim wanted people to just celebrate who she is. Uh, again, I can't transgender, transgender man or woman. I'm not sure. So I'm just going to say she, I think, because I see that in the article. She just wanted to be fully celebrated and doesn't want to change. And I think that's really sad. So anyway, so that's my thoughts on Satanism at the Grammys. Like, oh no, is it the worst thing in the world? No, it just shows where the secular culture is.
openly hedonistic, pleasure, sex, drugs, alcohol, living life as you please. There's that. But also it's the middle finger that Satan represents to God. Like, hey, you made me for a reason. And I say no to that reason. I'm going to be my own God. Satanism, one form of it is just self-worship. That's the part that secular culture says, yeah, yeah, worship the self. You are the best thing ever. You are divine. You don't need to change. You're perfect just the way you are. And Christianity says, well, we're full of sin and we need Jesus. And I think that's the way I think of that. And on the other side of this break coming up, I'll talk about Madonna and Ecclesiastes, kind of continuing that celebrity theme and see, let's see what Ecclesiastes has to say. Friends, this is WXJC Radio, Priority Talk. Greg Davis is out for tonight. I've been your host, Nate Williams. We are having a great time talking about a lot of different stuff, and that's going to continue as we close out this second hour. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Priority Talk. This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing, 205-369-9630. Marketing can be overwhelming. The marketing landscape is full of holes to lose your money. Stop trying to piece your marketing together. Start marketing with a purpose. Dot Edison Marketing is your full-service marketing partner. They are your business's outsourced marketing team. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at .edison.com. This is Glenn Coffey, former running back of the Alabama Crimson Tide, and you're listening to Grant Davis on Priority Talk. Welcome back to WXJC Radio Priority Talk with Greg Davis. Now, Greg is out for tonight. I'm your host, Nate Williams, uh, and we have Andrew in the studio. And we've talked about a lot of good things these last couple hours as we close out this second hour. If you missed anything, you don't have to miss it. You know why you don't have to miss it? We have a podcast, Priority Talk. It's on Apple and Spotify. You can also follow us online at Priority Talk, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all that jazz. And so as we close out the second hour heading towards uh, 7 o'clock, my final topic will be Madonna and Ecclesiastes. Now here's the thing that people don't realize when it comes to Madonna If you are of the world and you subscribe to the whole sexual revolution, 
that whole I can live life as I please. I can do what I want. Don't tell me what to do. Don't don't put any shackles on me and religion's so controlling and yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. That's what you believe, that's what you believe. It is a free country, sure. Knock yourself out. But don't complain when you're at the end of the road that you chose and you have become some sort of just twisted version of yourself. So have y'all seen pictures of Madonna recently? Now, I, I need to be careful. I don't want to body shame and Madonna's older at this point and I get that. So I need to be careful, y'all. Don't know that I don't mean anything ugly when I say this. But if you've seen Madonna recently, you'll know that she looks very, very unnatural. And unnatural is kind of the nicest way I can put it. What I've seen online, y'all, and forgive me, uh, I don't mean to be ugly when I say this. But I've heard things like, you know, she looks like an alien, that she looks like just plastic, she looks fake. And I think that is a metaphor of the lifestyle that she chose. It's easy to live a life of pleasure when you're young, right? Don't tell me what to do, I'm my own person. That all sounds good when you're young, full of energy, youth, beauty, attractiveness. But eventually, the bill, the, the toll, the cost, it requires a payment. When you have worshipped at the God of self and the God of pleasure all your life, it will cost you. And I think the way that she looks now, it, oh man, I, I need to be careful, but just I want to also state my point clearly that she is reaping what she what she sowed during the first part of her life and and so for those out there young adults and 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 you look at the sexual revolution and other similar philosophies just know that there's a cost to that that it it eats your soul because we weren't made to live that way and then you see it when someone's older and they don't even look human and that's because they sold their soul. And, and they sold their soul for short-term pleasure. And then eventually, like I said, the bill comes due and you have to face your own mortality and you have to own the decision that, decisions that you made. And one day we're gonna have to face our maker, our creator, and that's what the sexual revolution through Madonna, and maybe it's not the sexual revolution, but just similar things like that. Those worldly philosophies don't prepare you for the end of your life. And you look back and you realize everything you held on to didn't matter, was broken, it was gonna pass, it was gonna fade. It was going to fail you. The gods that you worshiped were going to fail you. And then you're left with Madonna, the way she looks now. And I think she perfectly encapsulates what I'm saying. That the gods she bowed to when she was younger, well, they're failing her now. And one day she's going to have to stand before God. And all those things that she worshiped, they ain't going to be there. They're not going to save her. 
And I think of Ecclesiastes when I think of Madonna. Ecclesiastes often thought to be written by Solomon. I'm going to read in verse 2. I said to myself, come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is madness. And what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine. So, so notice here, this is me talking, not Ecclesiastes. Notice that Solomon, or whoever this author is, is trying to, to, to fill his life with pleasure. I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly, my mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under the heavens during the few days of their lives. I undertook great projects. I built houses and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees. I made reservoirs to water groves and water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold, and he goes on, male and female singers in a harem as well, the delights of a man's heart. You know, I don't know if there's anyone on earth that has ever had as much pleasure as Solomon. Uh, verse 9, I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me, and all this my wisdom stayed with me. Verse 10, I denied nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. Now, this is more towards the end of his life. People believe that if this is Solomon, this is more towards the end. Verse 11, yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done, and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. And that's what I wish Madonna and those who subscribe to just pure hedonism would have known when they were younger. You build this empire on your body, your fame, your, your capabilities. You build this lifestyle that promises the world to a bunch of young people. And then one day you grow up, you look in the mirror and you're like, who am I? The gods that I worshiped twisted me, perverted my mind, destroyed my body. To where now Madonna is towards the end of her life and she doesn't even look human. She doesn't even look human. Andrew, I have a question for you. Have you seen Madonna recently? Any pictures? Any just, just so I'm not crazy. Have you seen her recently? Yeah, I saw some photos of her, I think, from the Grammys, I think. And, and just, okay, you, you can be nicer than I was, and I wasn't even that harsh, being honest. How did she look? She looks bloated is the main word I would use to describe Bloated. Her. Yeah, that's that's a word. And, it, yeah, you can tell lots of procedures done, fillers, surgeries. And it's just so sad. The bill comes due eventually. And I think Solomon realized that in Ecclesiastes. He had all this wisdom that he decided not to live by. God may, blessed him with a lot of wisdom, and uh, Solomon was like, hey, what if I took that wisdom, flushed it down the toilet, and got involved with countless women? And towards the end, this is a, in, at the end of Ecclesiastes, he says, well, y'all, we're on earth to obey God, follow his commandments. And that was it. He denied himself no pleasure. 
He had all the servants. He had all the projects, houses and mansions and castles and whatever they had at those times. Uh, silver and gold. And I wish Solomon could have had that conversation with Madonna to say that the worldview you are espousing to this next generation when Madonna was younger, it's all garbage. And that's what I wish. It, 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 I wish everyone at the Grammys with the Sam Smith unholy performance, the satanic dancing, whatever that was, the Madonna and just the way she looks now, I wish everyone would read Ecclesiastes and say that that's what happens when you worship the God of self. When you elevate yourself above what God intended for us and try to elevate yourself above God himself, it doesn't work. You end up miserable, alone, broken bodies, broken souls, uh, suicidal, addicted, um, anxious, depressed, all of those things. Friends, there is a better way. And that way is under the cross. But in order to be under the cross, you have to repent. And that's what a Satanist, as a Satanist, will never do. Again, either directly worshiping Satan or just kind of functionally living as a Satanist, just like just doing whatever the heck you want, um, either directly or indirectly. When you repent, you say, those desires that I have for myself, my own pleasure, my own life, to be my own God, I'm going to let that go. I'm going to, to, to leave it at the cross I'm going to leave my sin there because Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. One of my favorite songs. And the gospel will free you from that madness, that self-destructive madness. Friends, this is WXJC Radio Priority Talk. Make sure to check us out online, PriorityTalkRadio.com. And uh, we also, uh, you know, you can also text in. You can also call in. And we love interacting with our callers, our texters. We, we love to have you uh, ta ask questions. And uh, Greg and I will uh, answer them back, oftentimes very quickly. Uh, friends, we are on Mondays through Fridays, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. It has been a joy to be with you on this Tuesday night. Y'all be safe out there. If you're driving home, if you're listening to this on the podcast, just uh, you know, make sure you look both ways before you cross the street and make sure you're always praying. Let's, uh, let's uh, worship God with our lives, our souls, and get involved in church and all that good stuff. Y'all have a good night, and we will talk with you tomorrow. Y'all be good. But these places and these places of beauty, you know, these places and these